0: Welcome to Psyched Tea. I'm your host, Johanna Moreno, licensed marriage and family therapist. Follow me as I chat with other mental health professionals and discuss therapy, pop culture, media, and everything in between, but with a psychoeducational twist. This is huge. It is. It's such a huge step for you. I know. I'm freaking nervous. But I'm so excited for you stop it Mm. it's
1: a passion project of yours i know you've talked about it for months
0: i so this has been an idea that i've had for years and it's something that i was always like oh yeah one day it'd be really cool if i had my i was thinking of radio show (laughs) i was like one day i'll have my own radio show it'd be super awesome but never happened i didn't think it would ever happen to be honest so but look at you i know i've come so far you have so all right. Welcome to my very first episode of Psych Tea. My name is Johanna Moreno, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today, for my very first episode, I have the most amazing guest, Ms. Jennifer Rios. Hi, I'm Jennifer Rios.
1: I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist.
0: What is a fun fact
1: about you? (laughs) Oh, my dreaded fear of fun facts. My fun fact would be that... Oh, I've had this
0: obsession with family feud lately. I love (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god okay so you're not even gonna believe it when i was in high school i send in my application to be at family feud no way i'm not even joking obviously they didn't take me seriously but i applied that's so I fun love family feud yes so that's been my my guilty pleasure lately is family feud it.
1: good old family
0: feud <laughs> oh i love it uh, i'm gonna have to reapply and i'm gonna add you she's my cousin yes she's my cousin. i love it Um, Well, I guess a fun fact about me, well, the same fun fact that I always use all the time. I love Halloween. I'm obsessed with Halloween, everything horror, ghosts, spooky shit. That's my go-to. I freaking love it. It's your jam. That is. That is. (laughs) You know, it's funny because um, I have like, tis a season to be like scary little plaque on my office. Mm -hmm. And my clients keep asking me, it's not Halloween. Why you still have it? I'm like, because it's Halloween every day. So... You shut up. And October is creeping up, so you'll be there soon. It's going to be perfect. (laughs) All right. So today's topic is going to be aimed at talking to our listeners about what is therapy, okay? what that looks like, and what to expect if they ever decide to go to therapy. So what would be something that you feel would be something important to tell somebody in regards to therapy?
1: If you've ever had that initial thought of maybe I need to see a therapist or should I go to therapy? That's a clue to just do it. Um, I think oftentimes there's a fear. It is There's a sense of vulnerability to it, right? Yeah. Like one, ah, I need help. Two, who can I see myself talking to, right? And then what am I looking to get out of therapy? What is my goal? So, yeah, definitely. Um. And hopefully this is what we can do with this episode is take a little bit out of that guessing or that fear um, to know that although we're professionals, (laughs) we can also be in a casual setting.
0: And Yes, I think that I'm glad that you brought that up because the majority of the people that I kind of encounter they're like, oh, I expect therapists to be very robotic and very just like proper and prim. And it's like, nah, we're we're people just like you and we have our own personas. So with saying that, it's like, if the first therapist doesn't, is not the right fit for you, there's going to be somebody out there for you. And I think that's one of the things that push people off. Absolutely. And,
1: you know, recently in starting to do consultations and we want to see, it's kind of like, do I swipe left or swipe right, right? <laughs> like, is do I feel comfortable talking to this person? Yeah. Are they a good fit? And in telling your therapist, I don't think we're a good fit or I don't want to schedule a follow-up session, that's okay. I you're agree. not hurting your therapist's I feelings. Agree. In fact, it's empowering one for yourself because you're starting to know what you don't and do want out of therapy as
0: well as... um Getting, getting it moving, getting it going. So No, I, I 100% agree. Um, I don't think I've met anybody who took it personal when they, like, no, I'll decide to go somewhere else, or I'm like, oh, well, I'm not meshing well. I don't think I've ever met a therapist yet who has taken it personal. And I really feel like there is at least someone out there for everybody that's going to click with them. And I would just tell people, like, hey, you're going to find someone. You just have to, like, keep looking.
1: Right. And I think even, you know, being in a setting where we get exposed to a lot of different therapists, we see so many styles. And in consultation, we're often seeing the different perspectives on cases. So I think that just shows how it's not one size fits all. Definitely. It's you... Keep going until you find the right therapist. No, so.
0: yeah, I 100% agree. How will you describe your therapeutic technique as oh, a therapist? Oh, I'm
1: gonna go into all the jargon and just <laughs> read my my details from psychology today. Um, no, I think I'm definitely somebody who um, my style varies. Honestly, as cliche as it as it sounds, it's depending on your client, the yep. vibe, just yeah. like you do with any you know relationship in a social situation interpersonal relationships in general um, it really is a unique connection but I try to meet my clients where they're at um, I'm probably a little bit more on the casual side I try to uh, get away from sounding too clinical um, same and just try to connect with the client and mm-hmm. be there present because oftentimes that's what we're seeking right Sec- uh, that that connection and validation that we need so no yeah I agree. um definitely here in I'm, the moment <laughs> with my clients
0: <laughs> i'm definitely not uh what they expect mm-hmm. they see me and it's Oh, I have a lot of, oh, I never, you're not what I expected. You're, I, I legit had this one client who was like, you're nothing compared to my previous therapist. She was so serious and mm-hmm. you're not. And I was like, I would hate it if my therapist was completely serious all the time. Absolutely. So I, I, I follow you. I'm definitely one of those therapists who is going to connect with the ther- the, the client mm-hmm. and where they're at. I'm obviously not going to be this loud and crazy when I first meet them, but eventually I'll be like, hey, this is me.
1: Right. As the, you know, rapport builds and you create that therapeutic relationship.
0: Yeah. Um, So let's get into what would be the first steps to look for a therapist? What would you think?
1: Oh, I think it would definitely, I mean, always you want to see specialty, Mm -hmm. right? um payment what you're looking to are you looking to go through insurance are you looking to just go straight private pay um because that'll narrow down your availability of therapists certain therapists aren't on certain networks certain therapists are strictly a cash practice so um figuring out payment for sure And then from there, looking at... Usually your insurance will have referrals. Mm -hmm. There's sites like Psychology Today. Um, There are also other avenues as far as referrals from other people that you might know. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, so I think there's...
0: it just depending on where you're at with starting to look for it. No, yeah, for sure. One of the things that I... um that I I kind of tell people sometimes when they are looking for therapists is to definitely contact their insurance company. One of the main things, and I don't think a lot of people understand or have knowledge of, is that even if you have Medi-Cal, you can get covered for mental health stuff. And I don't think a lot of people are aware of
1: that. Absolutely. And, you know, I know we're very specific to California and LA County, but... Um, you know, definitely there's a lot of options for even the Medi-Cal aspect yeah. or if you, you know, necessarily find a therapist and they don't accept insurance, so, uh, certain therapists uh, provide sliding scales. Yeah. So that is mm-hmm. another option and a sliding scale is... Um, they will adjust their rate accordingly to your income. So they try to accommodate it. Not all therapists provide them, but some do. Mm -hmm. They'll hold like two or three slots for a sliding scale client. So that is another option as well.
0: Yeah. um, Another question that I typically get is like, what is that process looks like, right? So with going into that, it's obviously you were going to try to figure out an agency or even contacting your insurance provider to see who provides um, therapy within your network. After that, you will have a session or you would call a therapist to figure out if they have an opening. If you go through like the Medical Avenue and you go through a community mental health, you would do the intake um, and then you would eventually meet with the, an assessor who would go somewhat into detail as to the reasons you're going there. Right. Again, I think I touched on it earlier,
1: the 15 minute consultations, mm-hmm. um, that's typically kind of like a, hey, let me get to know you really quick yeah. and see if this is a good fit before I even take the time to go and schedule an appointment with you or see if I can even afford your fees or what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of therapists do offer that 15-minute consultation, which is an option.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And then just to let um, our listeners, usually those are for private practices, right? Correct, yes. Okay. So let's get into what mental illness is or mental diagnoses are. So this one's a little tricky, I would say. Definitely, because
1: it can be categorized as so many things. Yes. But for those who haven't had the terrifying experience of going through (laughs) graduate school and licensing um there is that big beautiful purple book the
0: dsm five that's horrible it's a horrible it's a good book i love it it's like my bible that's what it is for us yeah it's my bible but i freaking dread it because there's those diagnoses where you're just kind of like bouncing back and forth like they fit this category and they fit that category. And it's in that therapist aspect, it gets difficult. But for the client aspects, these DSM diagnoses are just used to help with insurance purposes. Um, Not just that, but to help us kind of categorize what would be a better fit for you. Absolutely. And, you know,
1: the DSM is... Exactly what we kind of said with the Bible, as far as it lists every clinical mental health diagnosis that has been acknowledged by the American Psychological Association. Um, and that's what we refer to typically, and it gives us our layout for what's a criteria mm-hmm. for each diagnosis. Um, but I think a lot of people will typically categorize themselves under the more common diagnoses. I agree. Uh, without knowing. You know, there's so many specifiers, yes. so many uh, criteria on as far as, you know, time frame, exactly. length, severity of symptoms. Um, so while one might think I'm sad all the time, that doesn't necessarily qualify us for a depressive diagnosis.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. One of the, the things that I, I kind of like to tell a lot of my clients, um, well, I want to say almost all of my clients is that the diagnosis does not define you. Oh, yes. I think that is extremely important because they have a tendency to think, I'm diagnosed with X, Y, and Z, and that's going to be with me forever, and I'm this thing. I'm depression. Hi, my name's depression. How are you? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, your diagnosis does not define you. And that's something that I, I try to emphasize to my clients a lot. It's like, Absolutely. you're not Maria you know, Consuelo, anxiety, you're, you're Maria, and right. that's it, your, that, your, your anxiety is not who you are, right, and so I, I, I have a lot of these conversations, with oh, my anxiety didn't let me do this, and blah, 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 and here and there, and it's kind of like, okay, I totally get that, you're not anxiety, right, you're Maria, so, and that's where it's, it's, it's having to kind of psychoeducate the clients, like, hey, you are not your diagnosis.
1: Absolutely. And I can find, you know, I've had times where I've popped out the DSM in session where the client's like, I just, I'm not normal. Yeah. I'm not this. I'm not that. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And I will just read them like, look, everything you're feeling is exactly here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: because It's a diagnosis because so many other people have felt yes. it. It's acknowledged yes. by the apa so many professionals because oh, they know yes. it's common
0: yes yes um yeah that's the, the one that I, I tend to kind of focus a lot and it's like you're not this traumatic experience or you're not your depression you're not your anxiety you know it's yeah unfortunately you are experiencing symptoms that is causing you anxiety and causing your depression but you are not this it is extremely rewarding to see
1: the client put in so much work and use skills and make Mm -hmm. that progress and that definite that highlight with graduation or discharge is always super bittersweet
0: it it is it is I have this um this kiddo right now who I've been working with for almost a year and she's completely scared to discharge yes and it's kind of like you're doing the last two months you're doing amazing like you're able to handle your own depression your own anxiety you're doing super awesome and she's like I'm still scared I've been preparing her for the last like four months hey we're coming up to discharge in a few months you're doing really good and now that it's like real she's freaking out on me and it's kind of like having to be like reassure her you're gonna be fine yeah and another thing that I also kind of tell my clients when they're in that phase is kind of like you know what if In three months from now, after discharge, you feel like you still need that help. It's okay to come back. Right. And she's actually scared to come back, too. So she's scared to discharge, but she's scared to come back. Mm -hmm. So, And the way she kind of said it was that she's scared to discharge because she's scared that she's going to do something to have to come back. And that would mean that she's not okay.
1: Right. And I know we kind of jumped from intake to discharge. Oh, I know. (laughs)
0: But I think you bring a valid point to where – go
1: in with the mindset like we're not going to be in therapy forever, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's a common misconception is I forever need a therapist. Uh, But don't get me wrong, depending on the life stressors and things that happen, environmental stressors, we kind of go through like little chapters of therapy, Mm -hmm. right? But the goal is always you're starting with the intent to discharge. We don't want clients to become dependent, right? We're just empowering them giving them the skills to have them swim on
0: (laughs) no yeah i I don't remember who said this or where i heard it from um we're in the business of not being in the business
1: yes 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 i've heard that before Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's like we're here to help you guys not need us obviously there's going to be those times where you're just gonna um, need a little extra help and you're gonna come back to services but we're we're there just not to be in there anymore (laughs) (laughs) right
1: I know it's kind of I always tell uh, clients at discharge like if you're if you need to come back I'm here however if I don't see you again then I know you're doing well I know (laughs) as hard as it is
0: Um, that means that Um, you're
1: hopefully on a good path and continuing to maintain your progress.
0: I I say that too, but if mine comes out not as nice as yours, (laughs) mine is is more like... Bye! (laughs) No, no, it's more like, um, if I see you, that's great. I hope I never see you though. Because then that means (laughs) that you're doing a lot better. So I'm like, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it just means that you're you're able to handle whatever it throws at you. Yes. But yours
1: sounds a lot better then. (laughs) It's okay. Yours is a little bit more, um, a twist of lime and mine's honey. If we're going, if we're going with the tea aspect, (laughs) uh, okay, um, middle, middle of treatment. I think.
0: Ah, yes. We we totally skipped over. We went to pre post (laughs) and we kind of,
1: (laughs) yeah. Okay, so go for it. Um, so. Again, once you've completed your intake or your assessment, whatever that looks like, you will set goals, objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of like what you're trying to get out of the therapy reach. Um, you'll create how often you're going to see your therapist. Yes. Um, in what media. So you the, nowadays with the boost in telehealth, you have yes. options as far as in person, virtual. So I think that definitely opens up the um, availability of therapists as well because as long as the therapist is licensed in the same state that you're in um, you're not very limited to just your area you can open it up to the entire state if needed you know i know there's certain evidence-based practices um, that have time frames right Mm -hmm. they have kind of goals areas that you want to be within um, they're typically like six months, yeah, yeah, six months to a year, depending on the severity. Um, but I, you know, we see clients for as little as two sessions, yeah. 10 sessions, whatever that looks like. Some might need a little bit longer than that year, depending mm-hmm. on their personal circumstances. But um, I'd say like
0: 10 to 20 sessions is typically the sweet spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always tell my clients, it's really up to you. Right. Right it's if you want to be out of here the quicker then you're gonna obviously put a little put in a little bit more effort Mm -hmm. um but it's really depending on them like i can't force you to do x y and z if you're not ready to do it and i think that's another thing too like there's gonna be some people who start services start therapy and then they're like this is not for me right and i think that's a
1: like a harsh reality often for some people is yeah i'm maintaining my symptoms in some sort of way right yeah. and um whether i'm aware of or not or i'm doing it intentionally or not yeah. it's happening so um that's where we clarify what their role in treatment is right mm-hmm. you a lot of people have this idea of uh, you just go to therapy and talk to somebody but yeah. there's a lot of processing that goes on there is um there is a lot of learning mm-hmm. a lot of role play a lot of mm-hmm. practice um, so there's definitely a lot of key parts besides just talking, just, talking. just, just talking. venting. Just ve- <laughs> yeah, just
0: venting. It, it is it's it's hard, but it's very rewarding, I mm-hmm. would say. Absolutely. And it, And I would say that it's hard because we're there to help you process whatever it is that you need processing. And then once we start to get into those things it might be hard to kind of start talking about them. And I think that's where it gets hard. It gets hard when having to talk about the root stuff of where your depression or anxiety or your trauma responses are coming from. Or it's hard because you're just not used to doing the homework or you're not willing to do it. You're resistant to it. Right. Um, and I think that's where the hardness comes from. That's yeah. what she said. Mm. <laughs> I destroy myself, <laughs> um, but I think that's that's where it becomes difficult. Absolutely, yeah. And you know what? It's funny because I was I was talking to one of my clients last week about all um, oh, the same one that she's scared to kind of discharge. I was telling her like, look, if you come back, that's completely okay. It just means you just need a little bit more help. Right. And we're in the sense we're. In the medical field, where we're helping you, yeah, we're
1: mental health providers.
0: And I try to clarify with her, like, look, pe- you go every year to to your doctor, absolutely, to get a checkup. Why do you do it if you're feeling fine,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And I think she's like, oh, well, I didn't think about it that way. And i was like, a lot of people don't think about it that way, but it's it's okay if you have to come back. It's completely okay. I would always suggest to visit a mental health therapist once every year or something just to make sure that you're not overwhelmed with life stresses
1: mm-hmm. absolutely and that kind of plays into what you talked about like having to come back right yeah maintenance maintaining your use of the skills um mental health is just like health in general yeah. right if you're not eating if you're not uh eating healthy exercising healthy um you won't maintain your weight right yeah or you may you know you're Health in general. If you stop using whatever the doctor recommends or stop, you know, your exercise routine or your, you know, your eating habits, it changes your health. Just like, sure, you did six months of therapy. However, it's use it or lose it, right? If you're not keeping up with the maintenance of using your skills, you start to regress a little because Mm -hmm. everything might start to come back or... We're kind of um, going back to avoidance or whatever that looks like.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's about it for our first episode. How do you feel, Jennifer? I feel good. I hope we um,
1: kind of hit on the main points of, you know, just initial, middle, end stage of treatment, <laughs> um, how to find a therapist, what to yes. look for. Um, so definitely. I- Seeing I think it I from so. a professional
0: point a of view, professional here. However, yeah. you know, in a <laughs> less intense <laughs> environment than what we're used to. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for being my first guest on this. Of course, I am
1: honored and I can't wait to be back.
0: Even if you don't invite me, I'm just going (laughs) to crash the party. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be back. Well, thank you so much for everybody listening out there. This was Psych Tea. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. The information provided in this podcast does not constitute therapeutic advice or replace mental health treatment and the relationship with their own therapist. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow Psych T on Instagram for more content and to keep up with the T.